I literally was living like two lives. He was worried about me and concerned and missed me and loved me all these years. So if she needs to get help and, and get herself in a better place, she needs to do that on her own. Lena is actually a listener of the podcast who contacted me and wanted to tell her unique adoption reunion story. After talking to her for a few minutes, I felt like I'd known her forever. She seemed like she could get along with anyone. She's very open, and she explained many adoptees have a fluid personality so that they can fit in in different situations. She's also the first person that I've spoken with who didn't use DNA testing to find her birth parents. The way she found them was really by chance. Now she's in a really good place in her life and is at peace with how things went surrounding her reunion. Here is my interview with Lena. At what age were you adopted and where were you given up for adoption? I was only a couple days old when I was placed for adoption and I was adopted up in the Northeast through Catholic Charities Agency. Okay, and how did you find out that you were adopted? My adoptive family has always been very upfront and honest and the caseworkers that worked with them had always encouraged them to tell me that I was adopted and to you know try to answer questions as best they could regarding it so as long as I can remember I've known well that's really good that they had that kind of a conversation with them yes yes because I know it doesn't happen a lot and so I'm very grateful it was never a secret that I had to find out yeah definitely Did your adoptive parents know anything? Was there anything they could tell you about it? Um, I remember them telling me, like, the age of my biological parents and, like, the circumstances they weren't married and they were in school and, you know, just weren't able to care for a child at that time. But they weren't super forthcoming with details, and I don't know if it's because they didn't know completely or if it just was, you know, age-appropriate. It's hard to determine at what age I could understand and how much information you can give. Because I would struggle with it even as an adult if I was trying to judge what, you know, information is appropriate to. Sure. So you have a pretty interesting story about how you found your birth parents. How did you find them? So it was almost an accident in a way because I had decided to go to school to be a social worker. I wanted to work in like the helping field and I actually thought that I wanted to work with like foster care and adoption placements. And so that was my major in college and I was writing like a paper and this is um, a while ago as I was born in the 80s so it's not recent but when I was in college you were still allowed to use like websites as sources for like your research papers and things and so I was writing a paper about like adoption and why I wanted to be involved in it and you know my thoughts on it and all these things and I remember going on an adoption.com website like to read their articles because they did have some normal articles that could maybe at the time be considered educational enough to use in a report and so I made a like it it asked you if you wanted to make an account you know, to access thousands of free articles or whatever it said at the time. And so I made an account and then it asked like if you were just a person doing research or if you were an adoptee or um, like a biological parent or something. And so I checked that I was an adoptee and then it asked if I wanted to like make a profile for their message boards, like saying who I was and, you know, if I was willing to meet or talk to or be matched up with potential biological family members. 
And so I was like, oh, sure. I would never be unopen to it. I've always been curious, but I never was like aggressively searching. And so I registered, filled it all out. And then I went about my project, didn't really think about it. I logged in like maybe a couple weeks later. I think one of my roommates or my friends is actually with me. And we had seen like a profile that looked like it was so close, but it was like, we thought it was the wrong city. Because by this time... I guess to get to college and become an adult, like I had to know the city of my birth for like all that paperwork. So I knew what city I was born in and it wasn't the same city. And so I was like, oh, that can't be right. And so I just ignored it. Well, then like a week or two later, I get like a message on there that these were old. These are message boards. It's not like social media now where you can just start <laughs> searching for stuff. Yeah, just so start like, like a, a thread. Message... <laughs> yes, it was like a message board notification, which I guess must have triggered like an email to my hotmail or whatever email account I had in college, one of those. And so it was my biological paternal aunt. And she had realized that she thought that we were connected and that I might be related to her. I might be her niece. And then I think, and a lot of this, I am trying to recall, but it was over 20 years ago. So I, there might be gaps. She also then made my biological father make a profile or whatever. And, and they, we're both listed on there and contact and how they thought that we were related and everything. And so was not expecting it, like huh. completely not expecting it. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So I guess you weren't a secret then if your aunt knew about you as well. I remember she told me a story that they called her like out of school when I was born or something. Like they pulled her out of class to like have somebody call her to tell her that I was born. So I wasn't a secret in the beginning I mean, in the end, but I was a secret in the beginning. According to the paperwork and my family's recall, she was not very forthcoming about her pregnancy until like she was like seven months pregnant. So at my birth, I was not a secret and everyone in in my uh, paternal family knew, you know, that I was there and that they had placed me for adoption. So. So how long after your aunt contacted you, did you get in contact with your father? So... It had to be weeks later. It was a very short amount of time. And I remember I was sitting in like my computer class and he had through email and he had created this like beautiful webpage. Like it was one of those angel fire webpages or something back in the day (laughs) with like a beautiful letter to me. And it had like those sparkly graphics. Like it was very dating itself to um, 90s, 2000s, but it was beautiful. And I don't have it. I wish I still had it, but it was very beautiful. And it was just like just an expression of his feelings and and how he was worried about me and concerned and missed me and loved me all these years and it was absolutely wonderful and so then we kind of kept talking on email and I feel like one of my roommates kind of played like the mediator because I was like how do I know that this is the right person and it's not just some random person online Mm. because I had had like other potential matches on that forum things would come up kind of like an ancestry thing like you might be related to this person you might you know based on like the information I had put in but none of them were even close to what you know how much we had in common on our match but still I was it's weird it it was back then you don't meet people on the internet now it's like apparently commonplace to just meet people (laughs) on the internet but so my roommate was very concerned and very like how do you can you verify how can you prove to us you know that you're related and uh, he had sent me a description of my adoptive parents I guess they like picked out 
a couple out of letters or descriptions and recommendations when they were placing me and he sent me a description of my adoptive parents and it was a hundred like I started crying like it was a hundred percent my parents and so that's when I knew that for sure it was him and so then our relationship had kind of become more routine then you know we would email we would talk on the phone I don't know if I got to talk to my siblings first before but then that was probably maybe like the fall and so I drove up north from where I had been living for college probably around the spring of that following year and was able to actually finally meet them probably I would say six months to a year after we started talking but in that time frame so what was it like meeting them for the first time you had half siblings that were very young at the time right yeah so my little brother was eight I think and then my sister was 10 and then my other brother was 12 I think that's right I'm really bad at uh, math with (laughs) with that so that was really what I was hoping for so I grew up in my adoptive family as an only child and I wanted siblings my whole life that's all I ever wanted and so I was so focused on the fact that I was getting three siblings in one day like it was just the coolest experience of my life it was very overwhelming and I learned but like the reason why I don't remember a lot of it is I think that like my brain had to like turn itself off because I was so overwhelmed. But I remember meeting them. I remember hugging them. We have pictures of like our first hug. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they came running out of school and like running up to me on the sidewalk and I jumped out of the car and we're hugging. Oh, it was it was just the best moment. One of the top moments of my life for sure. And so that that part I remember, but the rest of it was overwhelming because there was other family there, like my aunt had come and she made me like a beautiful scrapbook and my grand my biological grandmother was there and grandfather. And so there was a lot of people and it was a lot. Wow. Um and not in a bad way, in a good way, but I just didn't know how to deal with all of it. Like it was very emotional and very like I was like a deer in headlights, I think. Yeah. It was like overload. Yeah. Have you ever mentioned to your adoptive parents, like, trying to find your birth family? And how did they react when you finally did find your paternal family? I think that if I could go back and change one thing, that would probably be the one thing that I changed. We never really talked about it. It was kind of a don't ask, don't tell thing. Like, they were open with the fact that I was adopted. It wasn't really discussed further. I didn't question anything. I was afraid to ask. I don't know why. They didn't make me afraid to ask. I think just personally, I was afraid to ask. And so I didn't tell them through all of this anything because I thought that they would really be upset with me because, you know, being an adult growing up, teenage years are hard. We weren't in a good place to begin with because I was asserting my independence. And, you know, when you're 17 and 18, you know everything and you don't need your parents. And (laughs) so I didn't want to upset them even more because I thought that's what it would do. So that's the decision I made at the time based on where our relationship was. And I didn't say anything for almost a year. And finally, about a year after I had met them, I just, I had to tell because I literally was living like two lives. Like it was stressful. And like, I didn't like having the secret, but then it became easier to keep it than to tell them. It was a mess. So I did, my boyfriend now husband at the time sat down with me because he knew and he was involved in all of it. He sat down with me and helped me, you know, tell my adoptive parent what I had found and everything like that. And so they were obviously upset. I would be upset with myself, but there was no win-win situation for me. I felt like it was going to be a lose-lose situation no matter what. They would be upset with me anyway. Mm -hmm. But again, it was a shock. So I don't blame anybody because we're all just reacting in the, the best way we know. It was a shock and they were upset that I hadn't told them. I don't think they were upset that I had gone and done it at all, but they were upset that I hadn't told them. And so they struggle. It's been 20 years now maybe 21. They struggled in the beginning, but then they were very 
open to the fact that I wanted to be in contact with them. And they ended up meeting my sister because she flew down to spend the weekend with me and they loved her and they met my brother and they loved him. And so I, I was like, look at these awesome people, you know, that are now my siblings. And so that really helped, I think, them realize that like I was gaining family. I wasn't like losing family or trading family or, or anything that I was just gaining extra family. Yeah. And just being parents, seeing your child happy about something, you know, you can't really, Mm -hmm. you can't be mad about Mm -hmm. it. Exactly. So you had mentioned that your birth parents were together when you were given up for adoption. Was your birth father able to help you get in touch with her at all? When I had first met, might have been after I met him, it might not, no, it was before I met him, I believe. So before I met my biological father, of course I asked, that was my first question because I wanted to know all of my family. And I asked him about her. And so he told me what he could and what he knew. And he said that they'd kept each other's contact information. They kept each other's contact information in case either one of them should ever have contact with me so that they could find each other and and give each other an update, I guess. And so he had offered to mail her a letter for me, but wanted me to mail it to him like in a second envelope, Mm -hmm. just out of respect for her privacy, which now, 20 years later, you know, I could find the address and five minutes but back then it was not so easy and so I said yeah of course sure I get it I was trying to be respectful of privacy too I didn't want to overstep anything so I had wrote a letter and included a picture of myself um the letter all adoptees know it's the letter that you write Mm -hmm. and um it's like the most important letter of your life when you're trying not to be you know rejected or judged or whatever so I wrote the letter and uh he sent it for me and now obviously that I know him for 20 years I believe him I know he did he he's a very wonderful person and he would never lie or not do it and so he sent it and she never answered me and then he I think called her once or twice I believe once or twice but either she got him off the phone really quick or didn't answer it was like kind of like she brushed him off and couldn't talk and never responded to him so that was 21 years ago or so and then Like three years ago, I said, it's been 17 years. Maybe she's changed her mind. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe she is interested in speaking to me now. You know, my life is very different than it was 17 years ago. And I feel like I've grown as a person. And my conversation now would be very different than my conversation at 17 or 18. So I found her on social media. And I asked him first because I know he's very protective of like her situation, it was an absolutely horrible situation. And I know that it was traumatic for her as well. And so I said, do you think it's okay if I reach out to her? You know, I found her on social media. And now that it's 2021, it's very easy to find people. And he was 100% supportive. And it was, was so wonderful about it. He's like, absolutely. I mean, it's been 17 years. It's not like you waited 17 days, you know? Yeah. So I said, okay. So I actually reached out to her while I was up there on vacation, like visiting. And she ended up deleting the message and blocking me on social media. Wow. She has children, right? So you have other half siblings. So yeah, so that was my other thing, especially when I was younger. Again, my biggest draw to to finding my biological family was because I really wanted siblings. You know, all my friends had siblings and my husband is an only child and I was an only child raised an only child and I just was like I want my kids to have aunts and uncles like I just want a big family with lots of siblings and you know I was always jealous of all my friends who had siblings and so she has two other children um and we have like family friends and other family that are still in contact with her that see her and know her know of her you know in the same circles it's a very small community so it's not like 
impossible to keep tabs on someone. So yeah, she has two other children. At the time, they were minors. They were young as well, younger than my siblings. They were like two and four or something. Or So they were young at the time, but now, since it's been 20 years, they're adults as well now. Yeah, I mean, I could understand if she had young children, maybe not being ready for the situation, but I mean, she's had plenty of time right, to that's get why used I figured to it. 17 years later, maybe she was in a different place, but she's not. Yeah. I guess some people just can't deal with the whole thing. I mean, it's taken me three years, but I'm in a good place about it. Like, I was upset. I went through all the, you know, grief, emotions, and loss, and, and everything, and I was mad, and then I was upset, and then I was frustrated, but... I kind of feel like, you know, the universe or your higher power, whatever is in control, God, somebody has a hand in this. And so, like, if we're not to, meant to be in each other's lives right now, it's probably for the better for me, too. Like, I'm not going to fight with the universe at this point. If she hasn't dealt with whatever she needed to, to deal with, there's no point in us trying to have a relationship or even a conversation. Like, I'd, uh, if she hasn't dealt with what she needed to, then it's just a waste of my time. I can't fix somebody, help somebody else. If she needs to get help and, and get herself in a better place, she needs to do that on her own. Yeah. yeah. So me and you both talked about that we had read that book called The Girls Who Went Away, that crazy dramatic tale. Do you feel like that helped you kind of gain more perspective on where she was coming from and have more sympathy for her situation? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know that, you know, that was exactly what she had gone through, but some of those stories had pieces that I really think 100% 100% was what she went through. It was hard to read. It was a hard read, but I think it 100% helped me understand, you know, where she was coming from and what she went through and just kind of pieces of it. So it definitely helped me kind of put pieces of my puzzle and, and pieces of understanding back together. It was, I had to read a little bit at a time. Like I would literally read a chapter or two and then I was like, okay, I have to breathe. I have to take a break. I have to go for a walk. Like yeah. I have to do something because I would have sat up all night and just read the whole thing and then been like, you know, completely wrecked. So I had to be really careful. Yeah, it's a heavy read. (laughs) So would you ever think about contacting her children outside of her? I mean, they're adults now. You know, I don't know. I I mean, I wish I had an answer to that. I don't know. Not right now. No, for sure. Not now. After she passes, I would probably say 100% fair game. I won't be causing her any trauma. Like it wouldn't be making her life difficult. Yes, it might make their life difficult, but they could say, well, I'm not interested, you know, at that point. So I would consider it maybe after she passed. The answer to that sometimes changes on a yearly yeah. basis. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough situation because it's like, you you know, you don't want to cause her the hurt and upset. And especially if, if nobody really knows in her life. But at the same point, you know, you think they're your brothers and sisters. Well, and- yeah, and I had an extenuating circumstance, so the thing that weighs on me because of this, uh, so on my biological dad's side, I had three siblings, two brothers and a sister, and so my youngest brother, he was eight when I met him, he actually ended up being diagnosed with lymphoma when he was like 19, I think, um, he had just gotten to college. And so he had gone through cancer treatment and had been in remission and everything was going well. And it was a huge scare for our family. And we were just so grateful that his health had come back. And then all of a sudden he started losing weight, not feeling well again. And it had recurred and morphed into something else that was resistant to all the treatment that they were giving him. And he ended up passing away in 2018. I had known him for 16 years at that point. I'm bad with numbers. So, you know, now if I had not met him, 
or met them or been allowed to be in their life, I would have never known my little brother. And that is just like, I I don't think I could have lived with that. Like, that's just, like when people find their family members and they're already deceased and they wanted to meet them alive, it just breaks my heart. Like, it's a lot. Yeah. And so I have two kids. They very much knew him. They knew their uncle. They spent time with him. They loved their uncle. Their memory of him is going to live on forever, and they're going to tell their kids about their uncle. You know, as horrible as the whole situation was, I'm just so grateful that I was able to be there to have known him for those 16 years before he passed. I couldn't have lived with myself if, you know, for some reason I didn't get to be there and spend time with him and, and be with our family through all of that. Yeah, you basically got to watch your brothers and sisters grow up. I mean, even though you weren't there from the beginning with your family, you got to at least experience that with them. Yeah. The coolest thing is, like, I have two cousins. My aunt that had been the initial one to find me online, she has four children. And two of them, they're all my cousins, two of them, the youngest two, they don't remember life without me. Hmm. So, like... I'm part of their family. There's no like, oh, who's that? Oh, yeah, didn't she come in a few years later when I was... Like, they don't know life about me. They don't remember a time in which I wasn't part of their family, which to me is just so cool. And my kids obviously don't know. They know my story, but my kids have had all this extra family in their lives their entire life. Like, they never have to go, oh, who's that new family member that, you know, appeared or something, so... Are your your dad's parents still alive? Do you have grandparents from him? Yes, mm-hmm. they're both still alive, and and they live. One lives across the street, and the other one lives there with him. And so we see them every time we're up there as well, which is amazing. You know, the kids get to meet their great grandparents, and it's very cool. It's just a wonderful bonus set of family members. So when you first met your dad, or actually probably now at this point, um, you know, since you've been with him for a couple of years. Did you notice anything that was similar about you guys? Do you look alike? Do you have similar personality types? Yes, to all of the above, I think. (laughs) (laughs) So it was funny. I remember, like, when I first had gone up there, sometimes other family members would kind of look at me like they had seen a ghost. Like, you could tell, like, and I'm like, people are, like, staring. And I'm like, are people staring at me? But they see, like, the family resemblance, and they would see, like, some of them that knew my biological mom would say, like, you know, parts of me look like her and parts of me look like him. So the consensus now is that I'm his family from like the nose up. We have like <laughs> same eyes and nose and eyebrows and stuff. And then I'm her from like the mouth down. And luckily I didn't get their ears because they have um, very large and obnoxious ears. So luckily I didn't get those. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it was challenging because I was still a kid. I mean, I was an adult, but I was 18, 19. Like, so it was challenging. I mean, I got to know my siblings and we had a lot of personality traits in common. And now as I'm a parent, and I've had just a different relationship with my biological dad now that I'm older and, and we talk more and we have more of a individual relationship. It makes so much sense. Like, we think alike. Like, sometimes when he'll say things, I'll be like, that's exactly, like, my train of thought or that's exactly how I would react or, you know, and so it's really cool to go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, hmm. they get it. Like, mm-hmm. that's exactly the same thing that I would say or the same feeling I would have in that situation. So it's really cool. So you mentioned that you have a different relationship with your dad now that you're older. So what was the evolution of your relationship from the time you met him? I mean, I know you were just like a young adult when you met him. So at this point, you have your own kids and you have like an established life and everything. 
Yeah, I think that helped. I was very nervous. I And, like, the kids are not threatening, right? So, like, be, being close to my siblings was, you know, they're children and they're not threatening and kids love you and they don't, you know, <laughs> uh, they don't have limits or, you know, they don't, oh, well, only love you if this or that or whatever, you know, and so as a young adult who was still trying to figure out who I was and, and my place in the world and where I fit and where all of this fit into my life, like I struggled to let other people in too. So it's easy to let kids in because they just talk about, you know, easy stuff like movies and TV and shows and doing your nails. And, you know, so that was an easy thing. And we did kind of get to grow up together then because yes, I was an adult, but I was a very young adult. And so we did get to kind of grow up together. So that was really cool. But with him, we didn't have as close of a relationship then. I think having kids like me becoming a parent is what, where I felt like it changed. And now just that like my kids are older and we, we keep in touch, you know, because he's the grandparent of my children and, and we keep in touch that way. And then, um, especially with my brother being sick, I worked I work in the medical field and so I was very supportive and I you know tried to really make a lot of visits and really be helpful during that time and I had promised my brother before he died that I would make sure that I took care of everybody and I would make sure that everybody was okay and so that's what I've been doing for the past five years I feel like I don't know that I'm physically taking care of everybody but I check in with everyone I try to call my grandmother I you know I check in with my other brother I check in with my sister and they have great spouses who are supportive to them and but now, like, my biological dad and I talk a lot, and he's now, like, one of my best friends. I just was unsure, I think, when we first met, like, where he fit in my puzzle, and is it offensive? Like, can you have more than once at a parent's? But mm-hmm. I realized that definitely you you absolutely can. Like, why can't you love <laughs> more than once at a grandparent? You can love more than one child. So how has meeting your, your dad and your siblings and just that whole side of the family and everything that you've been through, how has that changed your life? That's a, that's a, <laughs> everything for the better. I mean, I would not go back and change anything. Like, even as we had to deal with the loss of my brother, like, I would rather have still met them and been there and, and all of it and had to have my heart broken to lose a sibling than never to have been in their lives at all. So it has just, I mean, it has enriched my life. It has made everything even more wonderful. I have more joy. I have more family. It's just been just wonderful. And I know that that's not everyone's experience. And I am not naive to the fact of how lucky I am. You know, I'm extremely happy. I just am so blessed to be able to be involved and, and kind of complete my puzzle and make my puzzle make sense. Even if I might be missing pieces here and there, it makes sense. Like it kind of helped me develop me as a person and as an individual now that I have all of the information and pieces of my puzzle and my family. What would you tell other people who are considering searching for their birth families? I think having no expectation because you never know what you're going to come into. I didn't really have an expectation. This was better than any expectation I ever could have had but I think not having expectation is a huge plus because that way whatever happens happens and having someone to talk to having a community having a therapist having a coach having someone to talk through throughout the process because it's overwhelming and I didn't have any help like I had some friends but it was college I mean we were more worried about drinking and you know going to parties (laughs) than we were about life-changing events and I had really good friends but they're not like they had no idea what what I was going through they weren't adoptees they weren't 
and in any part of the adoption circle. So now I feel like there's a great adoption community out there. There's adoption competent therapists, coaches. There's so many options to kind of get help, get someone to kind of walk through it with you so you can process everything because your brain will possibly get overwhelmed and you'll forget like entire (laughs) experiences like I did. Like some of my experiences that I'm telling you, I had to be told myself because I literally don't remember them because I think I was just too overwhelmed, you know? Yeah. I mean, even just having somebody who will listen is a lot more than a lot of people have, I think. Oh, absolutely. I mean, a hundred percent a friend, you know, is the best place to start or a spouse or, you know, a child or anything like that. Anyone who will be an advocate for you and listen and support you. But I feel like now, especially if you're feeling uncertain about it or you're feeling like oh this might be a lot there's a great adoption community out there and there's people who you can talk to and kind of gauge like oh hey is this normal is this I wish I had had any of that (laughs) yeah I mean there's groups on Facebook now there's all kinds yeah even anything right or a virtual therapist or something that you can especially if you're feeling overwhelmed because and some people aren't some people it's very straightforward you have a decent time doing it but sometimes you unearth things that you didn't want to know or maybe it's too much for you or you know it's just very you have to be really careful I think because the goal of it is to provide yourself you know understanding and closure and family and happiness you know any of those things right but it's not to provide you stress or to be re-traumatized or to make you feel worse yeah definitely well thank you so much for reaching out and for sharing your story with me you or someone in your family has been touched by adoption and would like to speak about it, please email me at whathappensafterpodcast at gmail.com. Also, please check out the Instagram for the show to see pictures of my guests that they were so kind to share from the reunions. On the next episode, I'll be talking to Marcy, who found a piece of her puzzle that she always felt was missing. Listen next time to find out what happens after. Thanks for listening.